Thank you, Rich. Uh, recently attended <clears throat> one of the meetings uh, for the IM, IMB, International Mission Board trustee meetings, and they had a worship service, and I'm telling you, man, it was sweet. Just the, the worship was so good, and at the end of the, of the singing, everyone just, and I, I was like, are we not allowed to clap? Are we not allowed to praise the Lord? Anyway, I, I just love serving and worshiping the Lord. I pray that you will pray for me today as <clears throat> I am rattled. You could tell with my extended silence a minute ago. I am teaching and starting a series on the armor of God. Spiritual warfare is not something we talk about a whole lot in church. Spiritual things, uh, sometimes in the Baptist tradition, can get a little scary. And so our tradition, and I'm talking holistically, sometimes has avoided talking about spiritual things. Because next thing you know, people will start clapping in church. People start lifting both hands and not just one hand. Since the point that God laid on my heart to teach through Ephesians 6, <clears throat> my life has uh, it's been a roller coaster. Some of you are aware of some of the things that are going on in my life. I've mentioned them to you before. Schooling. This building coming back together. Still have a projector that's not turning on. Turned off, turned on a few weeks ago, a few months ago, but it won't turn on today. We have a church plant that starts today. The Ethiopian church, their launch is today. I'll be preaching in that service, yeah. And uh, things going on with, with my dad and my parents and um, I, I have been on a emotional and may I suggest a spiritual roller coaster so today if I get emotional please forgive me I'm wrestling through a text that is speaking exactly where I am God is having me teach through something that I am dealing with. So if this applies to nobody else, please, if you go to sleep, just prop your chin up so I don't see it because of these lights in my eyes. But this is so where Joel is. I've looked back at what I've been teaching in almost nine years at Community of Grace, and I have never taught through the armor of God. And as I have reflected on that thought, I've, man, it's, because this is a pretty famous text. I mean, even in VBS, I mean, they teach the armor of God, and they've got a little statue of a helmet and a shield and a, all that. I mean, this is pretty, Joel, have you not thought that this was important for people to, to know how to be, to be victorious in the spiritual realm of their life? Joel, why haven't you taught through this? So, I'm just telling you, church, I'm, I'm being as honest as I can. I, 
There are parts of this that I'm wrestling with personally. There's parts of this that I'm beating myself up that I've never taught this. And I don't think it's, it's, it's an accident that the enemy is coming after me in these ways of self-doubt and emotional stuff. Because what we will be talking about over the next five or six weeks is critical, critical to your spiritual health and safety. I hope you won't miss a week. I hope you'll bring friends with you. Because, friends, this is critical information. It's critical information for the seasoned believer sitting in the room. It's vital information for the new believer in the room. You need to know what's ahead of you. I'm guessing that there are a lot of people in churches that remember this text when they were a child in VBS, Vacation Bible School. And you thought it was a cute children's text. It's nice to be protective and have armor and a sword. And okay, that's cool. But we've really never taken into account, we've really never seriously considered how vital God's armor is to our spiritual safety, vitality, success. Today's message is going to be an introduction. We'll be looking at verses 10 through 13 in Ephesians chapter 6. It's printed on the back side of your outline if you don't have your Bible. I, I hope you'll bring your Bible. I hope over the next month or so that Ephesians will become a part of, I'm not saying set what you do in your quiet time aside, but you'll at least make this a part of your quiet time. I need to give some background to this this church in Ephesus. I mean, the city of Ephesus was a port city in, in, in Asia Minor. We know it today as Turkey. Trade routes went through there. I mean, it was, it was a metropolitan city. That, uh, there were elite people that lived there. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world was there, the Temple of Artemis. Uh, the great, uh, there it is. It's an actual photograph, you can, you can tell. It's, <clears throat> but the, the amphitheater that's in Ephesus is, uh, is there. I mean, this was a, a, a cultured place, but there were so many beliefs that came through town, uh, through the trade routes that were there, and, it, and, and they found home in Ephesus. And Paul planted a church, he started a church in this city, and there were believers most likely sitting in his church, reading his letter that used to go and, and worship at the temple of Artemis uh, and probably participate with the temple prostitutes that were there. There were so many beliefs, so many things, and, and you and I would look at them, and Ephesus would make Las Vegas blush. Paul's writing a letter to the Christians in that city. So we get to our text. <clears throat> well, not quite to our text. This letter to the Ephesians, first three chapters, he's, he's laying down some foundational doctrinal things for the people there and, and tells them, he gives them what they've got in Jesus Christ and just who they are in Christ. I mean, you've heard me talk about Ephesians 2.10. Uh, 
for we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus. We're made new in Christ Jesus to do good works that he set aside for us. I mean, so Paul, in the first three chapters, is laying down some, some basic doctrinal things that are rich. I hope you'll make Ephesians a part of your quiet time over the next month or so. Many of your Bibles have little section titles in each chapter, little headings. Just choose one and, and read that section and then just chew on it and, and pray over it and meditate on it. But, I mean, we look through, look through the first three chapters, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. 14, Paul says this to the church. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, And you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. He goes on later in that chapter, verses 18 and 19, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him Not all these other things that are out there for you to choose from, but in him, having eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might? Go to chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of his, his, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Man, there are so many rich things in this letter that he writes to this church in Ephesus, this city where, where there's just so many things to believe, and he is calling them down to the centrality of Christ and who we are and what we have in him. After chapter 3, we get to chapters 4, and really? <laughs> You're good in numbers, Joel. In chapters 4 and 5, he, he has five uses of the word walk. So he started, they're, they're imperatives, to walk this way. I almost made an Aerosmith reference there, but I won't do it. <laughs> he tells us in chapter 4, verse 1, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. To walk. I mean, he's given instructions, man. He tells us in, in, in the same chapter 4, verse 17, he tells us to walk in holiness. And not in a manner of the Gentiles or those, those people that are outside the faith. Man, they've got these things that they do. Man, hey, walk in a manner of holiness. Chapter 5, verse 2, he tells us to walk in love. Verse 17 of chapter 5, he tells us to walk in the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right. In chapter 5, verses 15 to 21, he tells us to walk in wisdom. Controlled by the Spirit. And from there we get to chapter 6 where he changes from the word walk to the word stand. And stand is going to be an important term for us in our text through this series. To stand. Speaking of standing, 
Will you stand as I read today's text? And before I read, I'm going to ask you and you and I both to take a moment and be quiet and allow God to have the first words today. Father, we give you this time, and we pray your anointing upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. God's word says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic power over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Father, may you bless the reading of your word and touch our heart with it. Amen. Paul introduces our, our text with the word finally. He's not, uh, we shouldn't understand this to be a, okay, I'm almost done. We should understand it as a, I have, I have one more important thing for you to get. He's not trying to communicate that he's bringing the letter to a close. He's, he's communicating henceforth or, or you got to get this. This is important. This is one more thing. Finally, he says to be strong in the Lord. The word be strong, words be strong, is an imperative verb. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you to. Another interesting thing about this verb is that it is a passive verb, which means you are being acted upon. You're not doing it. Something else is doing it to you. Be made strong in the Lord. There's your location. And so we start thinking about all these things that he's been teaching through Ephesians and what we have in him. And you're a new creation, created anew in Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, all this walking that you're doing, all this walking in love and walking in, in, in all these things that I've mentioned, these other imperatives. Finally, hey, catch this. Finally, be strong. I wonder how many people in the room today feel weak. I wonder how many people in the room feel defeated. I wonder how many people listening online feel like, I just need to give up. I wonder how many of those original readers were being tugged back and forth by friends of that old religion that they used to be in or that, those things they used to do. And, 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 and Paul says, be strong. 
Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Hey, be made powerful by the Lord. Anybody need that today? Anybody weary, tired? Anybody need rest? Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest. I don't know about you, but I find myself there today. What are you facing today? I gave you a little bit of my list a minute ago. What's your list? You got things that are heavy on your heart? You got things that are burdening you and you feel weak? Today I want to encourage us all, if we get nothing else, to make sure you know where your strength comes from. Your strength is in the Lord. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians. He, he says it this way. <clears throat> but he said to me, Jesus, he's referring to, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul, being the smart guy that he is, was, said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Are you trying to figure out that situation in your life on your own? Are you trying to solve it on your own today? Are you trying to work through that dilemma? Are you trying to figure out the problem on your own and in your own strength? Do you find yourself today exhausted? Worn smooth out. And I wonder if it's because you're trying to walk this life, this race that is in front of you in your own strength. Before we ever get to the armor, the actual pieces of the armor, today I want to encourage you, make sure you know where your strength comes from. Your strength comes from the Lord. That's where it's at. He said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Hmm. What are you facing today? Let's move on. Verse 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on is, is another imperative verb. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, put it on. He says, the whole armor of God. Now listen, <clears throat> I've titled this series of messages, Suit Up. Suit Up was a phrase that we used after our pregame uh, talks before, before a game. We would... After our meetings in the classroom with the players, we'd say, suit up, go get your uniform on, go get your pads on, put your hat on. It's just a term, so it may not mean anything to anybody else other than me, but it would be idiotic for a football player to walk out on a field without his pads on, without his helmet on. It'd just be dumb. And church... This may sound harsh. It would be idiotic for you and I to leave our house every day without the armor of God on. And I'm just afraid that we do not consider this text enough in our daily walk. I think so many times we walk out of our house totally unprotected. See, we don't talk about spiritual things. 
I'm guessing that there's people that think when they come home, they're safe from all that. Joel, when I became a Christian, man, I, I left the, the battlefield and I came to the sideline where it's safe, man. I, when I became a Christian, when I placed my faith in Christ, I'm no longer in danger because I'm, I, I'm a follower of Christ and I know who wins in the end. That is true. But folks, if we walk through life thinking that there is not spiritual activity going on around us, we are misinformed, we're misled. Do you remember David and Goliath? Remember when, remember when David's daddy sent him up to the front line? Go check on your brothers. He gets up there, sees Goliath down in the valley, talking smack about God. He said, man, somebody's got to do something about that. Who's going down there? Nobody? I'll go. King Saul does what? Says, no, 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 son, you can't go down there like that. Come in here. And he gives him his shield. <laughs> he puts his armor on him and, and says, now you can go fight. And what does David do? He says, I can't fight in this. Takes all that off. He says, this is God's battle. This is God's fight. He's talking about our God. And he goes down there with his sling and five smooth stones. Verse 11 says, suit up. Put on the whole armor of, say it, God. Now, I need you to get this. This imperative verb, uh, put on, is in the middle voice, which means you do the action, and the result of that action comes back to you. It comes back on you. I don't want you to go out and put on your friend's armor. I don't want you to go out and put on King Saul's armor. As you face the things that you're going through in life, as you face the problems that you're going on, you may have people in your workplace that are tell, giving you all kinds of advice of what you need to do. Here, take my armor. This is what you need to do. And there is a drastic difference between that and the armor that belongs to God. God Almighty, his armor. It belongs to him, and he gives it to you. He says, put it on. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. And when you put it on, something will happen to you. Well, I wonder what that is. <laughs> so that you may be able to stand. So that you may be able to stand against the enemy, the devil's schemes, his trickery. Not so that you can go running after him trying to pick a fight. Not so that you can run away from him like a coward. No, it's so you can stand. Anybody need to stand today? Anybody been trying to pick fights with the enemy? You've been putting yourself in his way. You've been, where is, where's he at? Oh, he's down there. He's over there with my buddies doing what we used to do. I'm going to go over there with where they are, and I'm going to be a good Christian over there. And you're putting yourself in harm's way all the time. Listen. He says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand. And don't be taking other people's armor. Don't be listening to other people's advice. You take God's advice. You take what he has for you, and you put that on. 
that you may be able to stand against the devil and his schemes. Suit up in God's armor. Do you realize about his schemes that when he puts them in front of you and I, they're usually attractive. They usually look good when we see them for the first time. I'm going to go up to my comfort zone here. Uh, I don't know if you can see it in the darkness. I have here a uh, my favorite lure for Quincy Reservoir. In fact, I have a picture of one of the fish that I caught there uh, on this exact lure. It looks like a crawdad. It goes to the bottom. There's a weight down at the bottom. I have a red bead that kind of clicks and clacks when it, when it hits down there and it, it hits against the weight. And, and these, these claws, if I can get the back in there, the claws, they kind of stand up on end. And, 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 and here, I'll show you just because I know y'all are totally into this. <laughs> I'll put it out there, and I'll, I'll have found brush piles there at the lake. And so I'll set up over a brush pile, and I'll put that down there, and I'll just, and I'll just give it a little bit of that. And then I'll wait sometimes 5, 10, 15 seconds. Just let it sit because I know that bass is down there just eyeballing it. And then I'll give it a little, just one more little thing. Next thing you know, I feel it. Got him. Because you know what? That looks so good to him. That bass saw it. In fact, you can see the little, no, go back to that picture. You can see the claws hanging out of his mouth. I, left the, I took this picture uh, for this illustration. Uh, when it was presented to him, it looked great. And that is the same thing that the enemy does with me and you. Oftentimes when he, when, when he uses his schemes, his trickery, he'll put it in front of you and it looks so good. And he'll wait. I just wanted you to see it. I just wanted you to see it. And he'll wait. And then he'll bring it back up to your attention because you forgot about it. And then he'll bring it back up. And you're like... Oh, there's so many things this could be. Oh, there's the obvious ones. Oh, there's, there's pornography. There's, there's anger. There's so many things. But, you know, there's other ones that are so much more subtle. His schemes and his plans in the spiritual realms. I'm telling you, we've got to be armored up. We've got to be suited up because he is tricky. Ah, there's bitterness. Anybody? There's worrying. Anybody? There's conflict at work that keeps you up at night, and you worry about it. And you have multiple conversations with that person at work, laying in the bed, staring at the ceiling. Conversations that will never happen. 
and he'll jiggle it again. <laughs> he'll bring it back up one more time. Until that moment, boom, you bite it. And it's attractive. It keeps you warm at night until you bite it. And he's got you. Listen, Paul is telling this church and he's telling us, put it on, man. Be strong in the Lord. And there's something that's going to happen to you when you do it. When you put on the whole armor of God, the results of you putting it on is going to come back on. You will be able to stand. Church, it is my, you see it at the bottom of your page. The big idea is that God wants you and I to be strong to be stable, to be robust in our walk, in the spiritual life that we live, whether you realize there's spiritual activity around you or not, there is. And if you're not robust today, I like saying that word, it just, it's a good word. I need you to know where your strength comes from. It comes from the Lord. You might be here today and you might realize I've been trying to do and fix and work out and work through all these things on my own. Not anymore. You realize that God is all-powerful. You may or may not realize that. God can create everything out of nothing. He can split a sea wide open. He can raise Jesus from the dead. He can resurrect your marriage. He can help you overcome addiction. He can bring a wayward child back home. He can heal your body. God's all-powerful, but let me tell you this. The devil is not. He is not. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the Lord, in the world. Tell you something else. God is everywhere. The devil is not. God is everywhere at once. The devil is not. That's why we see a list of his army of compatriots, whatever you want to call them there, in this passage. Rulers, authorities. I mean, he, he makes a list of his army of demonic presence that goes out around the world to do his bidding, to further his agenda. See, God is everywhere. The devil is not. God is all-knowing. The devil is not. He's smart. He's a pretty good guesser, but he is not all-knowing. And our God can hear every prayer of every Christian around the world at the same time and acknowledge and answer every one of them. So I want to finish with this. When should we be on high alert for the devil's schemes in our life? Because next week we're going to start jumping, jumping into the actual armor of God. But I want you to be on high alert of times in your life. This isn't a complete list, but it'll get you started. Of times when you can expect the schemes of the enemy 
start showing up and just come right there in front of you and see I got him already. <laughs> he can't take his eyes off of it. First one is this. When we're new Christians. Some of you will remember on Sunday nights growing up, a television show called Mutual of Omaha, Wild Kingdom. This week, Marv is going to, anyway, I don't, he's going to wrestle an alligator in, anyway, never wanted to be, I think his Marv was his name, anyway, close, Marlon Perkins, wow. You, you, we all remember those shows when the hyenas, boy, hey, the gazelles, the, the, the female gazelles would be dropping their calves, and the hyenas and the lions were on the lurk, man, because those young ones were vulnerable. The same is true. And folks, Easter Sunday, we had four people in this, in this room raise their hand and say, I want to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. We as a church are responsible, just like that herd of gazelles, whatever other animals, need to surround them because they're vulnerable. Vulnerable, man. Another time. Oh, by the way, 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that the devil roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Second time that I think that... Uh, we need to be on high alert is when we go through tough times. Joel. This is personal to me. This, is, this one is to me. When you're frustrated. When you're discouraged by school. When you're sad. I mean, that's, this one's for me. Anybody going through tough times? Be on high alert. Anybody scared? Be on high alert of the enemy and his crafty schemes. Another time is when we're bored, when we're idle. You want to see a seventh grade boy get in trouble? Let him get bored. <laughs> right? What's that? You want to see a Christian possibly get in trouble? Let them get bored. Man, let's be busy doing what God wants us to do. You've been created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works that he set aside for you long ago. Stay busy, church. It's when we start twiddling our thumbs. Is that the common term? Or is that a Texas thing? <laughs> when that's all you got to do, be on high alert. Another time I would suggest is when we're lonely or alone. Be on high alert. Doubts. I'm no good. Why didn't anybody like me? Can I just remind you that you're a child of the king, man? Worth dying for. God died for you. That's what you're worth. And don't give in to his crafty schemes when he tries to convince you that you're not any good. Watch out when you're alone. 
We finish with verse 13. Look at it with me. Therefore, this is a good example of where this word points backwards to a biblical principle and it points forward to practical application. The enemy is out there. He's got his minions that are furthering his agenda. He's got schemes and plans, and they are evil. They are deceptive. You just need to know that biblical principle. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. It is my prayer for our church that in the coming weeks we will grow in our strength in the Lord. That you will stop relying as much on your own understanding and in all your ways, but you'll call upon him and lean upon him and his ways. That we will declare with great pride our weakness because it is in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. It's my goal in this series that we would, we would be aware of the spiritual activity around us and we know how to stand firm. Stand firm. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. <clears throat> As children... As followers, believers, some, someone might be here that's drifted away from you. You haven't gone anywhere, but they've bought into some of the schemes and plans of the enemy, and, and today they find themselves in a place of needing to come back home. Today they're here and they're worn smooth out. And Father, they need a, a dose of your strength. So Lord, today I want to pray for those people, those people that are tired, and they need their strength to be found in you, that today they would make the decision to turn from whatever's going on, to turn from whatever they're trying to be in control of, and turn to you and hand it to you, surrender to you, to put on your armor so that they may be able to stand. Today is a day of revival. It is a day of refreshment because no longer do we rely upon our strength. We rely upon you. Hmm. Finally put on. Finally be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his mighty power. Lord, we give you this day, we give you this series, we give you each one of these messages that will come out of this. Lord, we give you each one of the quiet times that people will have in Ephesians, in this passage, this letter, and that you would deepen us in you, that we would be keenly aware of your presence before we put our feet on the ground and absolutely before we walk out of our house every day. We will be suited up, ready to face the day in your strength in your power thank you lord for this passage 
thank you for this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, we're going to worship in the song, and and, uh, then we have a couple announcements, and we'll finish today. By the way, if you need prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you uh, at any time up here.